Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Roberta Matchetson, who is the author of five books on leadership and talent, including the international bestseller, Suddenly in Charge. She also has a new book coming out later this year entitled, Can We Talk?, She's been named one of LinkedIn's top voices on leadership and the workplace. Thanks so much for joining us today, Roberta. It's my pleasure. I'm going to start with a stat from your website, which states that in 2014, the annual employee turnover in the United States averaged around 40%, and that these numbers have been steadily increasing since. What's driving the increase in turnover, and what can we learn from that? Well, you know, what's fascinating to me as we look at employee turnover is that, you know, currently we're in the middle of a pandemic and yet employers are still struggling with employee turnover. And, you know, if you read the Wall Street Journal and you read the New York Times and all the headlines, everyone is talking about how people, um, you know, don't have jobs and it gives you the feeling like, oh my gosh, you should hang on to whatever job you have. But they're not talking about the fact that there is always demand for top talent. And these people are leaving in droves. So I'll give you an example. Um, One of my coaching clients uh, reached out to me the other day because she accepted a new position in a new company. And as we were discussing, you know, the new opportunity, you know, she said to me, Roberta, I get five calls a day, five calls a day about new opportunities. And so when you hear that, it just makes you pause and say, whoa, you know, and that's not just a one-off. If, if you're on LinkedIn, you'll see tons of people saying, you know, I've got a new job, I've got a new job. Now that we've kind of said that even in a pandemic and wanting this to be a conversation that can be applicable in unique times or maybe when we return to more normal times, whatever that looks like, if the numbers are moving in that direction, what can be done about it? And maybe as a secondary question, what do most companies get wrong in that pursuit? Well, I think companies get a lot of things wrong, but they also get a lot right. So let's start with the wrong, okay? Um, it always comes down to, you know, are you hiring the right people, right? And so sometimes you'll bring in people who are way more talented than you can, you can really use right now. And you make them promises and you can't keep those promises. Uh, you're not achieving the growth goals that you, um, very aggressively thought you might achieve, but the reality is it was a stretch. So if you look at, you know, who am I hiring? Am I hiring the right people for my company? Or am I hiring what everyone else wants, even though it's not what I need? So that's one place I'd start with. Um, Another area is leadership. You know, Everyone knows, it's been talked about a gazillion times that, you know, people don't leave their companies, they leave their leaders. And it's been talked about a zillion times because it's true. And so um, in my latest book, Evergreen Talent, I talk about how you need to be very careful who you let into a management role because that's going to impact your retention rates more than anything else. 
For those making that level of decisions, what are some of the things that they should be looking at when they're evaluating who they should let into the ranks or what sort of training needs to be done to prepare those people who ascend to the ranks of leadership? Well, those are great questions. Um, You know, when I made the list, the first item on that list was um, somebody's desire to be in management. This may have happened to some of your listeners, or they may know of people, or it may be their manager, you know, who was tapped on the shoulder and told that they were going to be a manager, although they never really wanted that job. So I think it's really important to ask people who you are grooming for management, is this something that you're interested in? And then making sure that they have the traits that in your organization would make somebody successful in that role. So I think it's really important to be super selective. And speaking of selection, um, you know, you become a hiring manager and it's automatically assumed that you know how to hire. And I remember early on in my career, I started, um, I was an HR director at age 24. And for years I struggled with how to hire. Like I, there was no class for hiring in college. Uh, I got a degree in human resources. We never took a class on selecting candidates. Um, And so I created uh, what I call a selecting for success guide. And uh, which by the way, I would be more than happy to um, offer a complimentary copy to any of your listeners. Um, If they reach out to me, I'll, I'll provide that. And so it's so critical that we train our managers on how to assess candidates. So they make good choices. With how things have changed, given what's happened from a global health perspective, from a work from home perspective, what are some of the things that you're noticing that people need to index more towards that maybe we weren't prepared for given how fast the world is changing? Well, I think we really have to focus on hiring people who can work independently you know, this whole idea that everyone's in a work pen, right? And, and the boss is sitting in a cube as well. And the boss can monitor everyone from his or her seat. That, that's no longer the case. And so when we're hiring people, we need to make sure that they're self-motivated. We need to make sure they're well-organized and that they um, are able to work independently, especially if we as leaders don't have a lot of bandwidth. In your newest book, you talk about what you refer to as a sustainable workforce. Can you describe what you mean by that and how we can go about achieving it? Sure. Well, in Evergreen Talent, I talk about the fact that, you know, you have to be prepared for different levels of talent in your organization. I mean, you have to have, you have to bring in people that are going to grow with your organization, and then you have to nurture them so that they can grow and you have to give them opportunities. And so, you know, if you do all of these things and you do them well, they will stay. And so it's this whole idea of not just, you know, having, you know, strong players at the top and not so strong players at the bottom. It's like, we have to be able to sustain the productivity throughout the organization. 
One of the things that really interests me about your work is your focus on LinkedIn and cultivating a network there and utilizing it to talk about the work and the interactions that you have. Can you talk a little bit about what originally you, how you found success on LinkedIn and how you utilize the platform today? Sure. Um, I was very fortunate. I'm an early adapter. And um, early on, I was invited to become a LinkedIn learning author. Um, I have eight courses on the LinkedIn learning platform. And as a result of that, I was invited to participate in a pilot program for LinkedIn newsletters. Um, I've created a weekly newsletter. I think I've got about 450 newsletters up so far and a following of about 150,000 subscribers. And so it, you know, I'm disciplined. Every, you know, every Monday, the, the newsletter goes out. I interact with um, the people who follow me. And most importantly, I have fun. That, that's a wonderful segue to talk about what originally got you so interested in this field. What was that process to find your, your why? How did you, I don't want to say stumble into it, but how did you figure out that this is what you wanted to spend your career focused on? Well, I always look at it as not finding your why, but finding your why not, hmm. you know? And so I was fortunate in that, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, a friend of mine's dad worked at a bank and he was a VP and said, you know, hey, why don't you talk to this group? They're looking for people in human resources. And I was like, well, what is that? And um, I didn't wind up working in human resources, but I did attend um, Northeastern University where at the time it was one of the few schools in the country that had a major in human resources. And that's what I majored in. And I was in a co-op program. And so as a result, I got work experience um, in several different human resource departments and, and just found that it felt like the right place for me. What do you wish you knew when you started out? What would you tell your younger self about being successful in this industry or just in general? What did you spend more time doing that you wish you could have back? What do you wish you had invested more time doing? Well, I tell people this all the time. I wish that I knew that if you don't manage up, you won't manage, you won't be managing down. And that's why I wrote the book Suddenly in Charge, which is managing up, managing down, succeeding all around, because I didn't know what managing up was. I didn't even, I didn't know it was a thing. And because I didn't do it, um, I got taken out by a wave that I never saw coming. And so, so many times we focus so much of our energy and trying to learn the tactical pieces of our jobs that we don't build those relationships. And that's why I say to people like your first 90 days on the job, if you don't want it to be your last 90 days, you're best off, you know, taking that time to develop those relationships that are going to help you uh, move your agenda forward. We've talked to a lot of authors on the show, and I am somewhat interested in process. You've been very successful as an author. You have a new book coming out. How does that process look for you? When, how do you decide that it's time to write a new book? And then when that time comes, how do you actually put in place the framework to ensure that you're very proud of that finished product? Well, you know, like this last go around, um, the time came unexpectedly. And that's because 
um, last year at this time, Evergreen Talent launched. And uh, we didn't know that uh, a month later we would be in a pandemic. And it's a great book and it's a great resource and I probably will try to relaunch it. Um, all my books are commercially published. So, I mean, I can relaunch um, unofficially, let's say. And as I began to think about, okay, that was great, but right now, who the heck is thinking about hiring right in March and April? Um, I thought I, I need to write another book. Hmm. And so um, I wrote a book, my newest book is on uh, difficult work conversations, hence the title, Can We Talk? And you know, when you write a book, you get real discipline when you sign that contract because you got, you know, five months, six months, however month, however many months your contract says to deliver the manuscript. So there's, I guess when you self-publish, you can get it out whenever you want. But when you have a legal contract, <laughs> you get very motivated. And I mean, I write every single day. And um, I'm so happy that the initial um, draft is complete a month ahead of time. And now comes, you know, the edits. What are you the most optimistic about when you look out at the, the world that you operate in? Well, I'm the most optimistic about the fact that I do believe as a result of this pandemic that we will have a more kinder, gentler workplace. Um, you know, we saw and we are still seeing that people are now bringing their whole selves to work. I mean, you see the kids running into the middle of the Zoom calls. Uh, the other day I was watching the news and, and there was a woman doing um, the weather and her two-year-old you know, came running in and grabbed her leg. I mean, it was just like, you, could, you couldn't help but laugh. Like it's happened to all of us only in the past, we had to hide that, right? We had to hide the fact that we had another life. Um, and now it's out in the open. And I think that as a result, even those executives who have been making decisions about what the policies are um, can appreciate the fact that it is not easy, um, you know, doing this work-life balance thing, right? Because they're all home with their young kids and et cetera. So I'm very optimistic about that. Is there something that you would tell a young rising leader that they need to focus on that maybe differs from what you would tell somebody in that same position five years ago? Um, I, I think it would be the same advice because great leadership is great leadership, whether you're in the middle of a crisis or whether things are going really well. And again, for me, it's all about managing your relationships with your boss the people above you, the people next to you, the people below you, and, you know, always trying to get better. I think what happens to a lot of people is they get this title, oh, you're a manager, you know, <laughs> and then they screw it up because they don't know what that means. And, and I do a lot of executive coaching and I coach a lot of new leaders who are suddenly in charge. And, you know, it can be scary. So, you know, I would just advise those people to, you know, try to get a coach, um, try to get a mentor and be open to the fact that you can be better than what you currently are, even if you're great. 
Well, that is a wonderful spot to shift to our final two rapid fire questions that I get the chance to ask all of our guests. And question number one is this, if you could describe your leadership style in one word, what would that word be? Magnetic. And the final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Don't take yourself so seriously. That is a perfect spot to close us out. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Um, well, they can go to my website, matchesonconsulting.com, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com. Uh, they can send me a, an invite on LinkedIn, just have them mention that they heard me chat with you today. And uh, I would gladly accept that and follow me on Twitter at, at Matchison. Well, thank you for all the great insight and thanks to all our wonderful listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share this show or any of our shows with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. You can find our show on Instagram at Learn to Lead Podcast. And you can find our organization Ability at Ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.